you can just hit record. Yeah. Yeah. And then all this awkward stuff I can count, cut out later. But yeah, stuff like this. Stuff like this. This is great. This is fantastic. Hey, we're recording a podcast. We're doing we're it. We're doing it. The training wheels are oh, off. Oh, man. Okay. Here we go. Welcome, Welcome to the to Respond, Respond Worship, Worship Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are an auditive extension of the Respond Worship Retreat. Um, that's a retreat where we aim to do these three things. To inspire worship ministries for greater effectiveness. Yep. To instruct teams in worship skills. Truth. And to ignite a community of worship teams. Yeah. We are your hosts, Ryan. I'm Ryan. You're and Ryan. And this is Jeremiah. And I'm Jeremiah. And Originally, you were going to make fun of me for using the word auditive. But then I did it because you wrote it. It's it's barely a word. It is a word. It says that you can use auditory or auditive interchangeably. So I chose to use auditive. Google because Docs flagged this word with the squiggly blue line that says, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Well, and I feel the same. They don't know what they mean. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so we are <laughs> the Respond <laughs> Worship Podcast. Um I have been going to the, by the way, the Respond Worship Retreat that we are an extension of yes. is a retreat every year so far in Maranatha, Missouri, Mar- Marino- Mar- Maranatha Bible Camp, Maranatha Bible Camp in, in Everton, Everton, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, there yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, this has been happening for, I think, a decade or more. Yeah, this is going to be the 10th year. Okay. This next retreat. Yeah. I just softballed that up right to you. It's always the first weekend in February. Yes. Yes. But if you're confused about what the first weekend in February is, you can check us out at our website. At respondworship.org. <laughs> <laughs> that, is the, that is the website. Or you can look at a calendar. That's another easy yeah, way that's of, of calendars figuring out. Are, you can buy calendars anywhere. Man, calendars have been around for yeah. a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they have. Um, so uh, we are your two hosts, Ryan and Jeremiah. I'm yes. kind of the new kid on the block here. You I've are. been going to respond for... Six plus years ever yeah. since uh, Josh Huckabee first brought me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've been put on the leadership board. I don't even know what that means, but, yeah. but I'm a you're part on of the something. leadership team. Yeah. With the I got rest a of badge. Us. I got a coffee mug. Uh, they've got, <laughs> got my badge and my gun here, my, uh, my squad car. Yeah. And I walk around, I just drive around and that's not true. None so of that's it's true. It's a good life being on the leadership um, team. Uh, but you, <laughs> you, uh, you just started a new worship leading position. Yes. Yes. So that's why you're on the team because now you're why. closer Yeah, and it's easier yeah. to do things like this. I had like all this. the qualifications. It was just proximity. Right. I just need to be closer. Yes. So now that I'm closer, um, I just started as the worship minister, um, at Kingsway Christian church in Mount Vernon, Missouri, probably one of the closest towns close to 5,000 people or more to Everton mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. other than Springfield, which is 160,000. No big deal. Right. <laughs> uh, we're second biggest. <laughs> close to Anyway. So I'm the worship minister at Kingsway Christian church here. Been here for about six months. Um, before that I was a worship minister in Rolla, Missouri um, for three and a half years. And before that I was a student at Ozark Christian college in Joplin, Missouri for four and a half, five years. Nice. Uh, too long for a bachelor's, um, <laughs> but I was there studying worship ministry. Anyway, so I've I've been a full time worship minister for four years. I've been serving in worship ministry for sixteen years, 
That seems about right. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. I'm 26. That's. And so 16 years. More than half your life. Yeah. 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 Two, three fifths of my life. Um, anyway, so that's a little bit about me. Do you want more about me? I mean, you're married, right? I, oh, I am. Yeah, that's an important thing. That to say. is yeah. a very important detail. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, um, showed up to Ozark Christian college right after high school. And after my first semester met my wife, mm-hmm. um, I still have the picture of the first time we ever met because a mutual friend was, uh, putting together a team for a good Friday service at the college. And so my second semester, I get put on this team and there's this girl here who's playing keyboard and she's like the greatest piano player I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And I remember thinking like, and, and a great vocalist too. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and also kind of cute. And I remember thinking like, man, it would be really useful to have her around all the time. <laughs> we would be the best, like, like backbone to any worship band ever. Yeah. It's uh, like the dream, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I married her. That's, that's awesome. That's a long story. Very short. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's man. a little bit about me. What very else cool. about me? Very cool. Um, I have this, I still drive the first vehicle I've, I ever bought 2004 Ranger. Truck for a while. It is. Yeah. Looking rough. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, I'm finishing a master's of arts in formative worship. Oh, hey, yeah. From Lincoln Christian Seminary. Two Lincoln, more classes. Illinois. Two more classes and a project. Okay. And then I'll be a master. Almost there. That's what I've been waiting for. That That's when they give you the black belt, the white, uh, whatever karate clothes are. Man. Couldn't tell I, you what that is. I went to the wrong program then. Yeah. Because I didn't get anything. There's a school well, in the cool Netherlands. <laughs> That when you finish your doctorate, they give you a top hat and a sword. Heck yeah. And uh, I, I that's worth go there. whatever money it costs. That's true. That sounds like my place to be. Yeah. Anyway, so what about you, Jeremy? Oh, me. Oh, me. <laughs> well, just, just to say, too, since you've been around for a long time with the yeah. Respond Worship Retreat and everything, I mean, you've taught workshops there. Yeah, that's uh, true. Sharon has taught workshops there. So yeah. you might have met Ryan and Sharon at some point or another. Yes. And you can go to our Respond Drive, which is at the Maranatha um, portal for Respond Worship Retreat. And we can link a lot of this in the show notes, yeah. too. But there's there's a ton of things from the past that you can actually go back and listen to and watch. A uh, ton, of, ton of workshops. Uh, we have the special guests that were you know speaking at those workshops. Everything's there for and you. And let to, me clarify on workshops. It's Some of these are like instrumental vocal technical kind of workshops. Mm-hmm. Some of these are like leadership kind of workshops. I remember one a couple of years ago was leading multi-generational worship, which is very applicable to a lot of churches. Right. Um, and then there are also like uh, spiritual formation kind mm-hmm. of workshops, like reading the Psalms and using them meditative devotionally. There we go. Yes. Um, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So there's all kinds of things you can check out over yeah, there. Something for everyone, I'm sure. Yeah. So to talk about me, because that's what I like to do most. Yeah, that's why I like to hear most right. as well. It's just about me. Uh, well, you might know me. You might have seen me around. I've been a part of the leadership team for a while now. Uh, we actually started this podcast, man, maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. When was Kevin here last? Kevin, uh, Kevin Bryant was the worship minister at Kingsway before right. me, the full-time one before me. And he left two and a half years ago. Okay. So that's when we started the podcast. So, so not five years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's been about three years. You left, he left like six months after you started. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, something like that. Okay. So anyway, we're sitting back in the same office that Kevin uh, once made his home in. Yep. Uh, so that's that's fun. So yeah, we started the podcast back then. I've been a part of our, part of the leadership team for a while, and so you've probably seen me. I led worship at one of the retreats. Yep. Uh, been leading worship for a while now as well. Uh, I started in 2013 because I did not grow up in the church, so yeah. I was not a part of the worship environments, I guess, for a long time. Yeah, so. you didn't grow up in it. <laughs> didn't grow up in it. Yeah. Uh, so my first experience with worship leading was at Ozark Christian College, and I graduated there in 2017. That's four years. Yep. Okay. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, out of, right out of college there, I helped uh, start a church plant in Bentonville, Arkansas um, called Adventure Church, and I was the worship leader there for about a year and a half. And, uh, things just didn't work out, which is okay. And some probably have experience with that. Um, and so moved back to Joplin, had interviews all over the place and eventually ended up at a satellite campus and outside of Tulsa, uh, at Cedar Ridge Christian church. And so I was there for about two years and, uh, that didn't work out, which some of you could probably relates to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and so now, now I'm back in Joplin and it's great. As soon as I got back here, uh, started touring with Christ and youth as a guitarist. What is um, Christ and youth Christ for and people youth, who don't know? CIY. Yes. It's, uh, I say it's an organization that holds like big youth rallies around the country. Like that's kind yeah. of like a big way. Think big, like the corporate version of Christian summer camp. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lots of churches coming together for one big, um, rally yeah. you know just, you're like multi-thousand person yes yeah it's rally is a better word than camp because it's not tense yeah it's exactly. not like rifle shooting is not an elective you can take at ciy mm-hmm. i don't know if they have like i don't know if they i went to church camp every year of my life usually multiple years mm-hmm. until i uh graduated high school and then i still went a couple of years as a sponsor or part of the band or something um, and it's always like, you can take fishing at this hour. You can do all these like camp things. <laughs> right, CIY right. is like a conference. Yes. Yeah. So like all the youth groups bring their yeah. kids to these and they have, they uh, stay in dorm rooms at yeah, a college yeah, or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. good time. Lots of teaching, lots of worship. Um, so been doing that for a little bit. We weren't able to last year because of COVID, uh, like mm-hmm. many things, but, um, I also, at that time, when I moved back to Joplin, got a job at Ozark Christian College teaching guitar in the creative arts department. Mm-hmm. And so this will be my third year going into that. And then uh, also got a job at Blenville Christian Church in Joplin as a worship pastor. And that started right before COVID hit. So uh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect time to start at a church. I wouldn't yep. recommend it, actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, learned a lot. Late. Still learning a lot. <laughs> and uh still meeting a lot of people, which is interesting because yeah. I've been there for a little over a year now and still haven't met a whole lot of people. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I mean, been a Christian for nine years now, so it's been like drinking out of a fire hose. Oh uh, yeah. Um, but it's been cool. I, I mean, I just finished a master's as well, uh, back in 2019. So you're a master. So I'm a master. Yeah. Uh, don't have my, my belt and everything, but, yeah. um, I do have a cool gold medal. Gold medal. I have a gold medal. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Got First that. place in. They just gave all of us in our program a gold medal that it's <laughs> custom and it's awesome. That's it's kind of like their thing that they it's do. It's kind of great. So, yeah. 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 I'd rather have the hat and the sword, but. Right. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, hey there, air conditioner. Yep. Keep uh, us cool. We are so professional that I forgot to turn off the air conditioner. That's all right. Hopefully you can't hear it. <laughs> um, That's enough about me, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, we're the hosts of this podcast. Um, this podcast is an extension of the retreat. Um, and so uh, like I said at the beginning, the um, retreat and the whole Respond Worship kind of movement. I don't know. What, what is a retreat and a podcast together? Respond Worship. Retreat cast. Sure. Anyway, um, so like I said, we exist to inspire worship ministries for greater effectiveness. And I think we do that at the retreat pretty well. We do. Yeah. Um, we've done that well for a while now. Yeah. And, and one thing that's really easy to do well at that retreat is our second goal, instruct teams in worship skills. Um, but there's this third one, ignite a community of worship teams. Mm -hmm. And, uh, part of the reason this podcast exists is because we feel like that's a hard thing to do at a yearly retreat Correct. to, to create a community of worship teams that, that meets more than once a year. It's, it costs money to come to Everton and to stay at the camp and, and it's, and so this podcast is a way for us to, to attempt to create that community outside of the yearly retreat so that we can get together and kind of do the same thing, mm -hmm. study or talk about the same thing, um, throughout the year. Um, but on top of that, we'd, uh, love to make this a platform, um, where we leave room to hear your ministry stories, mm. to hear ministry wins, to yeah. hear, um, your questions about worship ministry. So I'm going to plug that right now. If you have any of those things that you'd love to share yeah, a story from your ministry, a story about a win from your ministry, I separate those out. Cause like maybe there are funny stories from your ministry that aren't necessarily wins, but are just kind of funny. Um, and, and, and then like questions you have about, um, ministry and faith and church work and whatever. Yeah. Send it to podcast at respondworship.org. Um, you can send it in written if you want to stay anonymous. Um, but also especially questions and ministry wins and whatever. Um, we'd love for you to send those in like as an audio thing. Yeah. Like so audio just simply, recorder on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Just simply use your phone, record a, a quick audio bit and then, um, send that audio yeah. file through email and yeah, we'll be able to put your questions in and you'll be able to hear yourself. So it'd be like, you're here with us. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. We don't want to have a conversation and you all be spectators. Right. We want to create a community. So we want yeah. you to be a part of it. So the more your voice can be heard on here, as long as you don't feel like you need to be anonymous for your question, um, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> is, uh, the more we can get of that, we'd, we'd absolutely love it. Or you could use one of those like voice changing things. Like I am anonymous. And I am here to I tell you. Pastor. I right, can't do that right. as well as you can. Yeah. And you don't have to be just a worship leader. You can be any, any part of the team, yeah. tech team, uh, praise team, you know, instrumentalist, yeah. anything that's um, involved in the worship ministry. Uh, yeah. We'd, we'd love to hear from anyone, honestly. So. That's a great clarification because yeah. it's, it's uh, to ignite a community of worship teams, teams yeah. it's not this is not just for worship leaders um yeah we'll talk about that more in a little bit yeah and that's um, what the retreat's all about that's what the heart of the retreat's always yeah. been is just getting worship teams together where we can all you know meet each other from around this area because it's really just been like kind of the four state area um, yeah by four state we mean missouri may, oklahoma missouri, yeah. arkansas and the other one kansas Kansas, Kansas, the other, oh, yeah. one. <laughs> the, the other one. Oh yeah. Um, so this is a podcast for all of us. Yes. Any part of a worship ministry, even tech teams. Cause sometimes 
people try to split those up and I, they're, they're just as much a part of it as we are. Correct. Um, and so we want to leave room for stories, for wins, for questions. We also might, uh, in the future have segments, um, on like worship ministry resources, which mm-hmm. may be more for leaders, but hopefully it'll help everybody right. if the leader does it. Uh, and then like artists to check out some, that'll usually be music artists maybe, yeah. but it might also be just other local artists in the four state area or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean like actual visual artists can yeah. direct our gaze toward God. So yeah, I mean that, that could be someone that we throw in there too. Uh, yeah. Who knows? That, that's all be a fun section. I mean, speaking of, worship ministry resources yes here's the segment of the podcast where we talk about a worship ministry resource you can here's the resource you can buy very cheaply uh used animatronics from chuck e cheese and if your basis drops on you last minute you can get the chuck e cheese basis i'm kidding no that's so <laughs> that's not true uh, it might be but it might be true i've never but tried that's it. not the resource no 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 uh you want to tell them about the resource? Right? Yes. Okay. So the great. resource is put out by Planning Center. Yes. Um, if you don't use Planning Center, it just makes your life easier. But you don't need Planning Center to use this. And we're it's, we're not we're not sponsored anyway by Planning Center at this point. Yeah. It's just a great great resource that we've we've all used. Their Planning Center is sponsored by me. That's true. Because I pay them money That's every true. month. That's very true. Um, <laughs> but Planning Center put out this free resource called Transposer. Yes. That is spelled like the word transposer without the E. Yes. Like transposer. Tran- T-R-A-N-S-P-O-S-R. Yeah. Dot com. So transposer.com. Um, you can uh, go there without any Planning Center account and transpose any MP3 file to any other key. Yes. You probably need to know the key up front. Um, but the way I use this, so you can also use this within planning center when you're in the song file, mm-hmm. like where you find your chord charts and your, your drum tutorial videos and whatever for the song. Um, why I go there, I can do the same kind of thing and I will find the key of the MP3 file of the song. Now, like this is the age of Spotify, Apple music. Um, so I, I go to like amazon.com dot coms that make me sound old dot com. I go to I go to Amazon yes <laughs> and uh, up in the search bar it could says all on the left and I go to digital music and then I like search a song and I buy it for a dollar and whatever um which is super cheap right unless you're doing a thousand songs a year um but then we, that would be a thousand like sixty uh and so <laughs> some good Bible math, college yes. math right there, we there. um we do like maybe sixty songs a year I don't know and so for each of those I'll buy the song. I'll put it in transposer. I'll find the key. I'll put it in transposer and transpose it to the key. We're going to do it in Mm -hmm. that way. My vocalists who don't play an instrument can practice at home with the correct key. Yeah. Very good. It's not like, Hey, we're doing in a, but the original recordings in C, what do I do? You just have it. You're just there. Um, yeah. So transposer can do that. Apparently it can also do a text file, like transpose your chords. Yeah. Which is super helpful. And which, if you have the planning center app and you're already using services, then yeah. it'll do that for you as well. Um, yeah. With if any you, of the chord sheets or anything that you have. If you haven't written your own chord sheets in planning center, you should do it. Cause that's all I do anymore. Right. Anyway. Okay. So that's our, that's our plug for a worship ministry resource called yeah. transposer. Now back to the content. Here's the content. <laughs> the content. Um, so this podcast in the future is going to have um, different guests who can talk to you about things they specialize in. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we'll have stories and uh, things you guys have sent in. We'll talk about different stuff. 
Um, and like, as soon as you send in questions, we'll probably try to talk about them because we love to make this a community thing. For sure. Um, but for now to uplift our community, to ignite our community, um, we're going to be going through a book called the worship pastor by Zach Hicks. Now, yeah. if you don't have that book, if you haven't read that book, don't turn the podcast off. You don't need to have read the book to hear our conversations and understand what we're saying. Right. But I would suggest that you get the book because I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. This this book is so good. In fact, I had to read it for my internship in college. And then I got to my worship ministry in Rolla and I bought with my worship budget like 12 copies of this book. And anytime anybody was interested in anything with worship ministry, I would immediately hand them a copy of this book because yeah. I thought it was so valuable. Everything you just said is exactly what I did as well. Read it for my internship, bought a ton of copies, and I've given it to all of my yeah. my uh, volunteers in the, in the past and current. Yeah. Pretty much what this book does overall, um, is it gives you each chapter is kind of a different lens through which you can look at worship ministry. It's not mm -hmm. like, here's how you program your laser lights. Here's how you, whatever right. it's, it's, it's straight up kind of worship ministry philosophy, which sounds boring, but it's like the different hats a worship pastor needs to wear. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're on a worship team and you're not the leader, don't turn this off. This is for you too. Right. Um, but that's kind of the direction the book goes. So we're going to, we're going to have a little conversation about it today. Yeah. And the reason why we're going through a book, we thought that this would be a good way to kick off the podcast again, because it's been about five months since we last released a podcast. And yeah. so this gives us kind of a structure that we can all work through together for a while. Cause I don't, how many chapters are there in the book? So, 16 <laughs> and an intro and an outro. Yeah. And so each chapter um, has a specific thing that we can dive deeper into um, from one of those hats that you're talking about that a worship yeah. leader carries. And so we can uh, just kind of use this as our, our guidepost for a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about this. You ready to start? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. The book. Um, Here's a, here's a quote from the book. This is page 17. That's going to kind of set the direction of what we're talking about. We are living in a time of Western evangelicalism where our default assumption is that every church has two key positions, a pastor and a rock star. And the current scheme of worship leadership struggles to hang on to any conviction that the work of these positions is pastoral. Worship leaders are in desperate need of a new parentheses old model. Mm -hmm. That seems like a problem, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's definitely phrasing it like it's a problem. <laughs> um, yeah. It's pretty much what he's getting at is we're, we're expected to be, a rock star. Mm -hmm. We're expected to be a non-pastor person as people who serve in worship ministry. Um, and the inclination to become a pastor again is fighting against the grain mm -hmm. of, of what we're expected to be. So I um, served at a church uh, at one point that kind of had the expectation for me to be a rock star um, and not a pastor. Um, and that's just not what I wanted to do. Part of, part of my story in worship ministry is I felt the call in seventh grade, uh, like eight or 10 years before I even sang ever to be in worship ministry, um, to be a part of, um, leading people to see God more clearly, um, to be closer to God, like in their allegiance in their, in their surrender to God and, and all that. And this leading is what got me into worship ministry, but it, it didn't get me toward wanting to be a rock star. Um, I, there was just this like 
pastoral urge, this pastoral pull behind what I wanted to do and to not be a pastor, but be a musician who's exciting. Just what that's just not what I wanted to do. Yeah, I would say, and a lot of my experiences so far, um, it, it might not be as much the rock star mentality that the church wanted, but all they really cared about was like play a few songs on Sunday morning. Like that was, yeah. that's all you're expected to do. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot more to it than that. And that was really disheartening for me coming out of Bible college, you know, not growing up in the church, like I said before. And yeah. like I, I have been poured into for four years. Uh, this is kind of what a worship leader should be or expected to be. And then I get into an environment where I'm told, well, all that, that other stuff yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't really all matter. We Just, need all we need to do is play a few songs. songs. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of been a point of contention for me for a while. Um, and now that I'm at a church where I don't really feel that way, I mean, that's very, very nice. And that's probably the church that I'll be at for a while because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel like maybe, maybe that is kind of the rock star mentality. Like, Oh, we just need this guy as a musician to, to be here to play some yeah. songs, but we're not a church unless we have a guy to play songs. Yeah. 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 yeah and so the kind of that, that problem, which we'll get to here in a little bit is, you know, the music has always been a way to just kind of warm up the sermon. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we're kind of working backwards here, but, um, that's kind of what the section is in the, in the book. It's how did we get here? How did we get to this point where all we're, we're really worried about is a, a guy coming to play a few songs on Sunday morning to kind of warm up the, the pastor yeah. for his message. So the book right before this paragraph that we read, um, has a section called, how did we get here? Like mm -hmm. Jeremiah said, mm -hmm. where he's talking about, um, kind of like little, little, uh, chapter headings of the history of worship leading. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a Hicks, great way of yeah, oh, summarizing yeah. just like the history and a few yeah. paragraphs. It's kind of, kind of yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's, I took a whole class on this and I don't think any of us could have summarized that in three paragraphs right. or four. Um, so Zach Hicks starts in the Garden of Eden in Genesis one through three. That's the very mm -hmm. beginning of the mm -hmm. Bible. Um, if you didn't know. And if you didn't know. <laughs> and he talks about how um, the garden was set up to look like the temple later would. Um, where God is, where you go to worship God. Mm -hmm. um, and so the first people were set up to look like priests. They're right. curating God's temple. They're um, being with God daily. They're they're doing some of these other things. And then um, a lot of stuff happened. Fast forward like <laughs> a long time. I don't know. And uh, so eventually God's people form thousands and thousands of years later. Mm -hmm. um, and they need a new, they, they need a way to worship because they're not in the garden with God anymore. Right. Um, and so uh, first they're in Egypt enslaved and God saves them um, with his kind of ambassador Moses and they get out of Egypt and they're like, we need a way to worship. And so they're all camping there mm. for 40 years mm -hmm. and they send a, they set up the place to worship called the tabernacle in the middle of their camp. And it's also a tent. Right. So it's, it's, it's a place where they worship. It's, it's not to be messed with. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a place to just like do whatever, uh, but it is God's tent. He's like, they're yeah. with them. Right. His, That's what his tabernacle actual, yeah. actually means is God is tenting with yeah. us. Yeah. And so the different like levels of the tabernacles you go further in are like more, more sacred because that's closer to where God's bedroom would mm -hmm. be. 
mm-hmm. like where where he's actually it's at his holy presence yeah and yeah. so the worship leaders there there wasn't much like organized singing like we would think in our churches today mm-hmm. but they facilitated worship they facilitated prayers and sacrifices and whatever um there was no kind of like low level non priestly musician there were barely musicians anyway because they didn't they were camping right they didn't have a lot of money and time for instruments because they needed money and time for tools to build and whatever. Um, And then they finally find a place to live and they have the temple. And so then they finally get musicians, but they're all also priests. Yeah. There's no non priest musicians. It's think of like, if you had three senior pastors and one preached and one did music and one did the communion meditation or prayers or whatever, (laughs) all all the other stuff. Right. Um, But they all did hospital calls. You all went to them for advice and there was no difference. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what, what the priests and musicians looked like here. Which I think is what we're kind of called to be as a pastor. Yes. Yeah. So all these priests back here are very official and their priest thing is like facilitating the service. But when mm-hmm. we use the word pastor, that that has a big shepherd overtone. Right. Um, to where the role of pastor, whether or not you're hired to be, you can act pastorally. Mm-hmm. And that just means caring. Yes. That just means I'm doing this because I care about you or I'm doing this to take care of you um, in the way that a school guidance counselor, um, like a like a coach on a baseball team who's like, they can they can be that normally, but they can also be that pastorally mm-hmm. to the kid who has a rough home life. They like buy him Taco Bell on the way there and show that they care about him. That's right. that's being pastoral. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these offices so far, all these positions, there's no difference between the high pastoral calling and leading worship. Right. So then the early church happens. Do you want me to just keep talking or do you have stuff to say? No, yeah, you keep keep talking. talking. I mean, yeah, I mean, the early church happens right in the New Testament. Jesus comes and and now we have an an object and a subject for worship. Right. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, before it was we worship God in the tabernacle. Um, Everybody was dancing together. This is our our one place of worship. But now we have a person that is embodied in our worship. And then he eventually, you know, we we know Jesus dies and he, he rises again. And he leaves us as Holy Spirit, which in Acts 2 is Pentecost, the, the Spirit comes. And yeah. this is where now we have this connection with God um, because we now have his Spirit that is able to to dwell inside of us, that is leading us and guiding us in our worship. Yeah. So the, the early church happens and the, their worship, they were all Jews at the beginning because mm-hmm. that's, that's where it started is Jerusalem. Right. They all worshiped at the temple or learned in their synagogues. Um, those are buildings. Those are places you go. Mm-hmm. And then God got real portable really quick right. <laughs> in Jesus. Like all of God's fullness was in Jesus. Uh, Jesus was here with us and then died and then resurrected mm-hmm. and sent his Holy Spirit. That's more portable than the camping part. The tabernacle right. ever was. Um, but also the church was persecuted. And so what worship leading looked like was that God was portable. You met in little house churches mm-hmm. and your worship leader didn't necessarily sing, could, right. um, but they read scriptures, they prayed, and they cared about you. Right. There was no like, I just play guitar at my church, like person. There there was music, but it, 
like the focus was we care about each other and, and we're trying to foster each other's relationship with, with God and grow those. Yeah. So it wasn't until three twelve or something around that year that Constantine Rome was the superpower and, mm-hmm. and uh, Christianity became legal and the official religion of Rome out of nowhere almost. Um, so that's when they found their way back to buildings. They found their way back to order and um, whatever. And, and uh, from there through the medieval times, it got more and more organized. Um, but there was still no difference between pastor and musicians. If you ever go to a right. Catholic church today um, or an Episcopal church or any of those high church denominations, think stained glass and paintings potentially <laughs> on the walls. Right. Like, like drawing on the wall more than like painting hanging on the wall. Um, a lot of those churches have a pastor, a priest, and they do the whole thing. They may not be the best singer in the world, but they lead some real simple songs. Right. And everybody reads out the hymnal and they also lead prayers and they also read scriptures and they also bless the communion elements and they also do whatever. Right. Every form of art was done in the church. I mean, artists were, were born out of the church. Yeah. And so we have, uh, musicians, we have fine artists, we have all these people that, um, they were, they were still pastors. I mean, they were pastoral people that were bred from the church. Um, but then, yeah, like, cause you're saying this, the middle ages come and they kind of split, um, the, the musicians and the artists, they find out, Oh, well we can do this not in a church setting. Like we can actually yeah. branch away. Well, it's, it's expensive. Like I said before, when, when God's people were camping, uh, for 40 years, they didn't have the money for instruments, but when they settled down, they did. When God's people were persecuted after Jesus, they didn't have the money for instruments, mm-hmm. but 800 years after Jesus death, they definitely did. And they right. started getting good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, major and minor keys, like we know today, weren't understood and didn't exist. Right. Until like, I don't know, 13, 14, 1500s reformation happened starting kind of in 1517. Um, so all these things come together to where music is just starting to get complicated enough to where you need an expert. Right. And to get instruments, to organize these things, to pay somebody, nobody has that kind of power or money except for the church. Yeah. And maybe think medieval times like, lords uh-huh. who have a bard and they're <laughs> right. like just singing songs to them all day to make them they're they're their human spotify um uh, and so the church becomes a patron for the artists at this and point. so the artists born in the church are that way because they're pastors but also because they can't do it anywhere else yeah. and so 1500s give or take a hundred or 200 years <laughs> um they start being able to play and learn and do art in universities mm-hmm. and things that aren't the church and so this is the first time art and the church can be separate yes. at any sort of high level. Um, this goes on for a while. So I think Bach, yeah, Bach was a Lutheran organist mm-hmm. um, and he wrote a new service every week. Right. And the service was like music front to back, every part of it. Um, he was insane and his music inspired other people. Um, but as it went down the line, they would start doing operas mm-hmm. um, and theater and different things to where you had music telling a story outside of the church. That that gave art a place outside of the church, like we said. Fast forward, as, as Zach Hicks does, to... Do you have something to say? Yeah, sorry. I was yeah. going to say it also gave uh, like names to the music because yeah. like, musicians and artists never used to put their name on their work. 
It used to just be for God. It was for the church. But then now, you know, oh, I want credit for the things that I've done Yeah, because it does take skill. And we, and I do want people to see that I put the time and effort into this. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, kind of a big shift too. Yeah. That was a huge shift. Um, so art became that way. There's a folk level to art that we saw throughout the whole history here Mm -hmm. where people are singing easy songs that they love, but as music gets more complex, a music expert becomes more necessary. Right. As we get further and further toward where we are today, like maybe the 18 late 1800s, early 1900s in the U S um, we start to see the second great awakening and all these camp meetings, tent revivals. They are these uh, non church. And I say that as a non Sunday service kind of things where they'll set up a tent and start preaching and just hope that people show up, mm-hmm. maybe print pamphlets or whatever. And it's a revival kind of thing. It happens every day, every night. Right. Um, they're, they're looking for emotional reaction and they're looking for um, um, uh, response in a certain life changing way. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, this is the same age of like slick salesmen. Now I'm not trying to bash anything happening here. I'm just trying to explain what they were trying to do to spread the gospel. Right. Um, so these people were trying to spread the gospel and they focus it on uh, energetic music, folk songs that people know mm-hmm. or can learn really easily um, that are also Christian songs mm-hmm. to amp them up, to get them really ready and hyped up and then hear a fiery message from a charismatic preacher. Right, Charismatic is in just like easily believable, not like necessarily Pentecostal, but a lot of this second great awakening was. Right. Um, Isn't, this is where tongues kind of came in, like the the modern understanding yes. of, of tongues. Yes. This yeah. is where we easily see it. Yeah. Um, some Pentecostals would argue that certain denominations carried it before that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't Maybe, know. Yeah. This, this isn't the spot for that. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but so this is, this is kind of where Pentecostalism was born as we know it today and speaking in tongues was born as we know it today. Mm-hmm. And the split between church music and, and, uh, being a pastor mm-hmm. because they just needed any charismatic musician, right? Anybody who is good at it, anybody who could play their instrument well and, and get people into a frenzy really mm-hmm. well. It was all and really, about the experience. Yeah. Being experiential. Yeah. So that wasn't church. Church was still the pulpit and the art everywhere mm-hmm. and the whatever, because they were Lutherans and Presbyterians and all these high church denominations. Um, but slowly people loved those tent revivals Mm -hmm. and they wanted their church to look like that. And so they did. And so church started to look like a guy playing songs to get you into a frenzy, to get you hype. And then a guy preaching. And those are the only two things you need. Right. They scrapped so much, um, that was easy to participate with that didn't require a certain kind of person. Anybody can read scripture on stage. Anybody can help serve communion elements like, like physically the skill it takes to do that. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do that. Right. Um, but they took away all these other things to say that it's mostly just about music and preaching and preaching is the pastoral thing. It's the holy calling. And so that's where he gets to the quote about rock stars that we are a warm up to the real pastoral role. Exactly. And, and to kind of take right from the book, uh, he says to put it in a simplistic way, pastoral work and worship, not only wasn't musical leadership, it was basically only preaching. 
This yeah. hurt the church in two ways. First, music leaders lost almost any sense that they were engaging in pastoral activity in their song leading. And second, pastors began believing that the only pastoral work to be done in a worship service was preaching. And both parties unwittingly participated in the erosion of the bedrock of worship leading as pastoral work. Yeah. Simpli- sim- simply putting. Yeah. That's, and that's the kind of thing that Jeremiah and I were talking about that at different places we've served before we have felt mm-hmm. it's churches who, who at some point found it really valuable to model these tent meetings mm-hmm. and then just kept doing that. They may not remember that that's what they're doing, but that's where they got it. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily an evil or bad thing, right? It's not that God is inhibited from working in your church because your church does something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the he's, Holy Spirit works how he wants, when he wants, where he wants, without any of our permission, right? Like yeah. it's it's not it's not us. It's yeah, it's the Spirit. <laughs> Nothing about this can inhibit God from doing what he wants to Correct. do. But that being said, worship leaders have always been pastors until pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, historically. And it's that way because it helps imitate God. Right. Yeah, if you so we talked about pastors being a shepherding kind of thing. Um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my pastor. Mm-hmm. He leads me beside still waters. Mm-hmm. He, he leads me to soul. lie down in yeah. green pastures. Like that sort of tender care means a lot. And it looks like God. Yeah. And if we want to be totally fulfilling what God has called us to as worship leaders, as people who lead God's people in worship, whether you're the the full-time paid vocational worship leader, or you do it for five or 10 hours a week paid. And then you work at Starbucks or nobody pays you. You just get up there and play the songs, or you're just a guitarist. You're just a piano player. And you say that to yourself, or I just run the slides on Sunday morning. You are helping lead people to a pastoral shepherding God. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that, he's calling you to be caring Right. To be shepherding, to be pastoral, whatever that means for you. Right. Because ready or not, you're, you're a, a pastor. pastor. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's honestly one of my favorite parts of this intro is how the very first thing, uh, one of the very first things it says is ready or not, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he has these six, one, two, three, four, five. He has five statements <laughs> um, that go with ready or not, you're a pastor. Um, to kind of wake you up to the reality of the ministry you're serving in beyond, oh, I'm just a, I just run slides. I just play guitar. I just whatever. Um, So the first one is uh, each and every week you are helping people answer the question, how do I approach God? Which is deep. Yeah. That's very deep. Yeah. It's, it's when you think, I've heard a lot of, a lot of people say, um, Hey, can we do the announcements after the first song? Cause nobody's paying attention at that point. Mm-hmm. As if the first thing you're doing in a service is a throwaway thing, right? an unimportant thing. That's a call to worship. Yeah. That's a call for people to, to yeah. be in the presence. Yeah. yeah. I've, and I've heard people talk about even without announcements, the first two songs are upbeat to kind of get people riled mm-hmm. up and because nobody's listening. Right. Um, which could be true for some people. That's okay. But the, the practical answer is, okay, 
let's do some stuff that doesn't matter or let's do some stuff to rile them up. The pastoral answer is I want to get them to where they can see God better. Mm -hmm. I want to, if they're, if they're absent minded, I want to help rein them in. Mm -hmm. So maybe you tell some sort of vulnerable moment from your week or you read some scripture or pray some prayer or do something, um, call them to worship in some way. Yeah. That's the difference between a pastor and, and just a music guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The worship ministry is just as much a teaching ministry as the teaching ministry. Like yeah, <laughs> we can do a lot in those moments to, to bring people into the presence of God before we, we hear a message. I mean, really the center of our services should be the table, right? We are a congregation that, um, that takes communion together each week yeah. to, to celebrate the Lord's um, supper. But in that, it can get pretty stale pretty quickly if we just let it be a thing. Yeah. But if we let it be the center, if that's where everything is leading to, then that it doesn't become stale from week to week. And yeah. So, so it's, I, I love how you're tying that into this question. Um, every, every week we're helping people answer the question, how do I approach God? Um, it's, it's easy to think that we can lead people along a certain path and then they'll just see God. Um, or, or we can just talk about God, God in certain ways and then he'll just show up, which he might mm -hmm. not stopping him. But when we take communion together, our, our churches, um, we hopefully are understanding that we're meeting God for a meal, right? That like, yes, Jesus is, uh, in, in the bread and in the juice in some mysterious way he is there, but he, but he's also alive. Right. He's doing pretty good right now. Right. Um, yeah, he, he's doing fine. So he's there sharing that meal with us. Look at revelation 19, the wedding supper of the lamb. Right. Look at, um, honestly, Jesus in the upper room after he's resurrected and he just appears in the room, him on the shore in at the end of John, uh, meets him there and eats fish with him that morning. Like mm -hmm. he's doing fine. And he wants to share these like awesome, loving pastoral care kind of moments with us. And that's a way we can do something like that. That isn't skilled. Yeah. It's tactile. And we share it with Jesus rather than give it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Okay. That was a deeper discussion. Than I thought we were going to do. <laughs> we can talk about communion more on another episode. Yeah, if you want to sure. hear that, sure. email us or do, can they comment? I don't know if that's how podcasts work. No, that, that doesn't. I mean, start flailing we, around we wildly and we'll page, see. And we yeah, will be Facebook posting page. that. So you could, you could comment on that when yeah. we host things. But yeah. Uh, but he finishes each of these five italicized statements with ready or not, you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. So each and every week, you are helping people answer the question, how do I approach God? Mm -hmm. Ready or not. Right. You may not be ready. That may totally shock you, but you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, second one, each and every week, you put words into people's mouths that became the language they will use to relate to God and others six days of the week. Right. Yeah. That's why I really care about the songs that we pick. Um, I, I was serving in ministry once at, in a worship ministry um, and somebody asked me to play a song and I printed out the lyrics and showed them like, this is a really void song like there's nothing valuable in here mm -hmm. and in fact it's going to lead people to something other than god right and they said just play it it's fun you're overthinking it mm. but each week we're putting words in people's mouth yeah 
that are going to help shepherd them, help lead them and guide them in their relationship with God and other people. I don't know if this has been your experience, but you know, I probably remember songs more than I do most sermons. Yeah. That's a common thing I, yeah, I hear people right. say. And so you won't be would, reciting part of the sermon midweek, <laughs> just right. unintentionally under your breath. Right. You might be like humming like the, the melody of a chorus or something right. or singing it. So just for that fact alone, knowing that these songs are going to be on people's lips throughout yeah. the week, like those are the words that are forming them. It's not the words of the sermon. It's the words of the music that we're presenting on a Sunday morning. Yeah. That's a, it's that's, important. That's very important. Yeah. And so the, so the next thing is each and every week we shape the beliefs of the people who gather. Yeah. And music is a big part of shaping the beliefs. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like to do songs like uh, this, I believe that are very creedal statements. Yeah. Uh, that, what do you mean by creed or creedal? Creedal, creed, uh, things that are like uh, the foundations of our faith. So uh, God is the father. Yeah. Like a summary. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not quoting a scripture, right. but it's like, here's what I believe about God. Mm -hmm. Three sentences. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so summary kind of songs about our faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I or, love show, those too. or show the faith journey. Like there are a lot of songs that are kind of wordy today, yeah. but a lot of them are really rich in just the, the journey. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're thinking of this song when you're thinking of that, but I, Love the song King of Kings by Hillsong oh, yeah. because I that feel like it so does great. that journey well. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can lead that at Christmas because it talks about his because uh, <laughs> it talks about his uh, his birth, his coming down to earth. I feel like I can do that at Good Friday mm -hmm. and Easter and like it tells every part of his story so I can sing it at every part of the year right. or talking about any part of his story. Um, yeah, I love those kind of like songs that even though they're wordy, they kind of take you on a journey. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think honestly, that's one of the reasons I like certain hymns is because they're creedal. They're, they're kind of summary songs. They, they pack a lot in there mm -hmm. and you get a good picture of who Jesus is. That's not true of every hymn, right? but that's the reason I like hymns because they just, they've got a lot more room for poetry and for wordiness. Mm. That sometimes I just like, but sometimes it's not what you need. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so he's got those first three. Um, you you uh, shape the beliefs of people who gather. Here's the fourth one. Each and every week you're informing people's knowledge of what me mediation between God and humanity looks like. Is it mediation? Yeah. Oh, I thought bad. it was meditation. Yeah, I but think I wrote mediation. down meditation. So yeah, mediation. Yeah. That's, a, that's a totally you're, different word. You're informing people people's knowledge of what mediation between what God and humanity is, looks like. Uh, he rephrases it here. How am I ushered into God's presence rightly? So it, it's kind of a continuation of, of that first question in that first italicized statement. How do I approach God? Um, how am I ushered into God's presence rightly? Um, there's a lot of wrong ways to be right. ushered into God's presence, which is what you were explaining earlier is, you know, the beginning of our service isn't, if I just rock hard enough, yeah, then God's going to be like, oh yeah, right. that's a cool concert. <laughs> I'm here too. Um, it's like songs like Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. They're, I, I treat that song the as Brian a way. And Katie Torwald yeah, one. exactly. I, I treat that song more of a asking the spirit to, to come alongside of me and to like, uh, Holy, your Holy Spirit, you're welcome here with within me. Yeah. It's not necessarily like you're welcome into this place of worship because 
you're there. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's not the that's not the issue. I but sometimes it, we need to allow the or remind remind ourselves that we need the spirit and inviting the spirit into us and to the work that's happening on a Sunday morning. That's, that's something that is really pivotal, pivotal, pivotal yeah. <laughs> in, in that opening um, and the call to worship in the, in the gathering yeah. of our services. Can I try to summarize it? Sure. What you it. just said. Yes. It's not about letting him into the room. It's about submitting your own will to him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're welcome here. Right. Yeah. 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 I like that. <laughs> how, do, like, how do we relate to God? How do we come into God's presence rightly? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that, that could be a whole podcast episode. Yeah. That's seriously. Um, if you want to hear yeah. it, let us know. <laughs> if you want to hear that, smash that. No. Um, and then the last one, each and every week you are looked up to as an example and a leader. This yeah. is the big one yeah. that I've heard more and thought about more recently. Um, we, uh, at the church I was at in Rala, I love that place. Mm. I absolutely love that place and all the people I got to serve with. Um, uh, but a lot of the people on our team also did shows around town, which I loved. I was in some of them. Mm. Um, just little gigs and stuff, just playing music that they like and whatever. Um, some were at uh, wineries and different things and they were all fine. They behaved themselves well. It's nothing I'd be weird about. <laughs> but but don't you just feel a difference between a worship team volunteer playing a show at a winery and the senior pastor of a church playing a show at a winery? Doesn't that just feel different? Yeah. It's um, and that's kind of what they're talking about here. You don't realize maybe that each and every week you're looked up to as an example and a leader that that a new person coming to your church will see who's on stage and not necessarily be able to tell who is hired at that church and who is not. Right. Maybe they will a little bit by who's talking more, mm-hmm. but like you all look like an equal representative mm. of the church at that point. The church has given you some responsibility and some visibility by being on the stage and you got to like treat that like it means something. Mm-hmm. You got to treat that and care for the person watching you by being a good example, by being like a good example of not just a good musician, but a good example of what Christian faith is, what following God is. Yeah. So Zach Hicks, I mean, this book is great and and I'm glad that we're working through this together, Ryan, and that we'll be able to, um, to just express our experiences and be kind of vulnerable through, through what we've experienced, um, as we, as we process what Zach is, is teaching us through, through this book. There is a, a bit of encouragement at the end of this introduction, and I feel like this is kind of a good way to wrap things up today. Yeah. Uh, he says this, If you feel under-equipped or unqualified, don't take these feelings as a sign you're not called. God is in the business of pouring himself out through weak vessels. Yeah. And he will give you grace for the journey. If you need to hear scripture say that, pretty much that same thing. First Corinthians one, I don't know, like twenty and on, mm-hmm. somewhere right there, says pretty much the same thing. Um, God uses the weak to shame the strong. Mm-hmm. He uses the uh, un- the not smart to shame the wise. I don't know what word they use. Um, he uses things even counted as nothing mm-hmm. to shame those who think they're everything, so that His glory can be displayed through them. That's right. the scripture I read 
when I just absolutely train wrecked a song on a Sunday morning. I'm like, Oh, thank, thank God. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Second Corinthians four, seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Yeah. Yeah. Everything we do is to point people towards God. Yeah. So here's our encouragement for this week. Um, as you serve in your worship ministry in whatever way that you do serve, know that one, not everything is riding on you. Mm-hmm. God is not permitted or omitted from anything you're doing because of how you did it. Right. Um, he can, he's way stronger than how much you mess up or mm-hmm. how good you are. He can use anything. Yeah. Um, and secondly, as we're going through this book, the worship pastor, the worship carer, yeah. the worship shepherd, um, as you serve this Sunday, try your best and even ask God for help with this to just care about the people there with you, the people on your team, whatever team you're serving on, the people in the congregation, um, ask God to help you just care for them, mm. care about them, ask God to, to break your heart for them. Right. Very good, Ryan. Well, I think we're going to try to do this as a bi-weekly podcast at the start yeah. out is what we've decided. So uh, check back in the next couple of weeks uh, for another podcast where we'll go with chapter one of Zach Hicks book, The Worship Pastor, which is Worship Pastor as Church Lover. Yep. And if you have any suggestions about the podcast, questions for us, stories from your ministry, anything, anything at all, um, hit us up at our Facebook page, Respond Worship retreat or whatever it is. And then a podcast at respondworship.org is our email. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, this is Ryan and Jeremiah signing off. Signing off. Yeah. I don't know. So Ryan and Jeremiah hitting the record button to stop the recording. That yes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time. Yes. We're not really see you, but we will talk at you and you'll hear us next time correct that's a better way of putting it (laughs) (laughs) Bye. bye thank you for listening to the respond worship podcast make sure to check out the show notes for links to our website and social media follow and subscribe to keep up with new episodes and feel free to rate and review us we want this to be the best possible resource for you and your team so your feedback is extremely important We also want to hear from you to send us your questions, content suggestions, ministry wins, and stories, and we will gladly consider them for future episodes. Just email us at podcast at respondworship.org. That's podcast at respondworship.org. We look forward to welcoming you into another conversation in a couple of weeks. Take care.